How are we living, my self-improvement people? It is Brian Ford with Self-Improvement Daily. Take ownership of your personal development, one tip at a time. Get comfy, turn up the volume, and get out something to take notes because it's time for a self-improvement sit-down. In our self-improvement sit-down interviews, we bring on people who are experts in their field and dive deep into their knowledge. We cover topics that couldn't possibly be covered in the two minutes we usually allocate on the podcast. And if you're used to the two-minute format, then rest assured, the short, actionable, digestible personal development tips will be back tomorrow. But there's something special about these interviews, and I am honored to share them with you. Let's get right to it. This is Self-Improvement Sit-Down number 21 with Gavin Dantes. And we are live. Today's guest is Gavin Dantes, and he is a true average to extraordinary story. For a long time, Gavin wasn't doing anything remarkable with his life, and he'd be the first one to tell you this, but he took his life from a dishwashing job in Canada to a $3 million e-commerce business. He did so by devouring books and podcasts, diving deep into the works of experts, and implementing it step by step. He's since gone on to found the Limitless Masterclass, where he applies the knowledge he acquired to teach others how to access more of their brain and pursue their potential. That is just the teaser to Gavin's unbelievable story and message, and let's get into the rest. Gavin, thank you so much for making the time to share with us today. Let's do this, brother. I'm super excited to be on here with you. I love what you're doing. I love the message that you have to share with the world and all the people that you brought on, so... I'm excited and I feel honored to be on here. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's completely mutual and I'm honored to have you on because kind of as we were talking offline, you are the best kept secret and everyone's about to find out with the knowledge you're about to drop. It really is exciting to be able to facilitate some of that and that introduction. So thank you in advance for all of the lives that you're going to continue to change. But without further ado, let's jump into the first concept and it's just cutting right to the heart of it because I don't want to BS you. I don't want to BS anyone, Um, but being limitless. So it's a loaded concept. It's about accessing the full power of our brains. And what many of us have probably heard is that we're only operating at a fraction of our brain's capacity and you can attest to this, but would you mind first explaining how this could be and what a limitless mentality does about this issue? Man, you know, this is something we could go on for days. So how do I bring this in as short of a a little concept as possible? Well, let's just look at it from the schooling system, uh, you know, that that angle. And let's look at it from the angle of from age zero to seven, we just do not have the ability to really deduct anything that comes into our mind. So we're just accepting everything, whether it's good or bad. So that can be good or bad. Maybe you're getting really good information in your brain and maybe you're getting really bad information in your brain. Maybe one of your parents says like you're good for nothing, you're never going to make it and you're blah, 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 blah. And it's programming you to believe that about yourself. Maybe someone else in your family is like, oh, you're so amazing. You're, you're great. You're going you're gonna to achieve great things. Maybe both these people are saying those things to you. But then maybe what your mom is saying to you is like, you know what, you just got to like work hard and get lots of, you know, labor in and you got to have so many jobs and basically all of this positive reinforcement on a topic that doesn't make that much sense, right? So it's like they think that the labor is going to get you results in life, not 
actually showing you how to work smart and hard. So you end up believing these things because that's what they say. And maybe the other person who's saying you're good for nothing, you know, or maybe you feel some of that subconsciously and accept it. But at the same time, you kind of reject it. So your brain by this age is already kind of developed into this identity. And for the rest of our life, we don't necessarily question that. Then we get into the schooling system and we get around a bunch of other people who have also been programmed. And most of this programming is so limited. And then the schooling system reinforces that limitation. And then we end up at 18 years old and like, what do I do? What should I do with my life? Can I, you know? And then we keep going down this like kind of sheepish uh, route where we're just following the, the lead. We're following the directions. We're like Morpheus says, we're turning into batteries for the system, unconsciously just following what is happening. And to me, that's an extremely limited life. So I remember when I first um, went through a memory course by Ron White and it was about an hour course. I bought this thing. I got it on DVD. This was like eight years ago. I put this thing in, I listened to it. And within one hour after listening to this, I had memorized a hundred digit code forward and backwards, hundred digits. Before that, I never even memorized 10 digit code forward and backwards. Why is this? Well, the education system likes to teach us subjects, but they never once teach us how our brain actually works. Throughout all of high school, all of elementary school, we are never given our owner's manual. We're never taught about our evolutionary psychology, why we evolve the way we do. We're never taught anything to take control of our own life. So what do we do? We just study things randomly. We memorize randomly. We learn randomly. We never learn how to learn or how to learn how to learn. So we're this very unconscious robot just sucking in information, randomly rejecting certain things, randomly accepting certain things, never putting it through an objective filter that's actually like at a higher level. So yeah, it's a, it's a disaster out there. So for me, Becoming Limitless, if everyone's seen that movie, they t he takes a pill to like access his brain. What if we were actually just born limitless and we were just limited, right? What if that was actually the case? And that's what I've come to believe now. And I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my students' lives. I've seen everybody's lives evolving, whether that's getting in the best shape of their life, having incredible relationships, making way more money, traveling the world, doing whatever they want, when they want, adventure, like creating a full, like limitless life. And of course, yes, we're limited by these bodies and by physics and biology and there's certain but we are also starting to transcend a lot of the rules and limitations studying and figuring out quantum physics in these deeper layers so yeah i just i realized that most of us are activating at the lowest levels of our potential because of our upbringing and because of the education system and how society validates everybody else and since reality is valid or created by validation Everyone just accepts it as truth, even if it's not a truth. It's just because everyone believes it. So there's a very low level set point that people's minds are at. Yeah, I'm glad you started from the very beginning because that, I mean, that is the truth of the truth is that, and you, you described it as programming, which I think is so interesting. It's like literally an input of, we have this novel space that is going to be designed or created or grown upon. And we kind of start just penetrating it with this bland kind of normal mentality and what that is it's the difference between limitless and limited and we're having this limited arbitrage of information coming to fill our brains mm. which is then like you said reinforcing all of these negative habits and these disbeliefs that we're creating in our brains and i, I think that i mean as you've described it before like when you talk about programming like our brain is a supercomputer and computers are programmed so it i mean all of the machinery and the mechanics is there and built in for us to use it. It's just a matter of putting the right information in so that the 
actual hardware or in our case our brains can operate at its fullest potential so i mean i think that's that is the fundamental part of limitless from my understanding of what you Man, said i love this so much what you're saying and it's so powerful and I'm just going to expand on this concept a little bit so we can work off each other i i love how you bring this up because if you program a computer badly, if you put garbage into a computer to program it, what comes out? Garbage, right? So it's garbage in, garbage out. If you look at how technology is working out, why we're going on an exponential growth curve in information technology is because the latest technology builds the latest technology and it feeds off itself and it gets smarter and smarter and smarter. And like, this is actually one of the only scary things to me going into the future is AI, how fast it's developing. However, if we look at that in terms of what we would want to do. Well, if I'm a supercomputer, do I want to be programmed by non-supercomputers, meaning like computers that have been programmed badly, or do I want to go find the highest level supercomputers who have studied the highest level of wisdom in every area? And then do I want them to program my brain? You know, to me, it's so damn obvious. And actually Stephen Hawking's in his, in his, one of his books that was released after he died, he, he talked about the concept of our instincts and like our internal DNA, like how we are kind of like wired the bits of information we have from birth. He was talking about it being like around like a hundred million bits of like useful information that we are automatically going to do or automatically program for. And then he said, that's like about as much information that's in about like 50 high quality books. So he's like the people who spend their life going and finding the best knowledge and wisdom can be like, hundreds of steps ahead of the average like caveman because we're just bio- biologically wired to be cavemen and the reason why our brains are so big and why it takes so long for us to develop and be self-sufficient is because that time is meant for our mentors and the people around us to teach us as much as possible you know so actually build us into the best versions of ourselves and if we are not doing that then we are literally just remaining at the lowest level of cavemen because biologically speaking we haven't changed in 10,000 years So knowing this allows us to go out and self-develop, self-improve, self-hack, self-realize, self-actualize. To me, that's unbelievable. Right. But it's, it's not about reinventing the wheel. And I mean, you're, you're a total testament to this in that you don't need to start from scratch. You can take the, the smartest people in the room. They have content, they have resources that you can learn from, and you can start at level four instead of start at level zero. And it's just about efficiency too just kind of giving yourself the resources and again, programming your brain with that highest level that you can surround yourself with. And that also kind of ties into the power of our internal messaging. You know, if, if your Mm. programming literally is running as a script in your brain, then whatever you're surrounding yourself with is going to be that input in that analysis Mm. that your brain's going through. And it's super important to surround yourself with the people and the thoughts that are going to help take you to the next level if, you know, because that's what we're capable of. And that's what our brain is thirsty for. But, you know, mm. for some reason, society isn't encouraging that. We're just kind of getting pushed along as a tumbleweed, you know, uh, down just a path of mediocrity, more or less. You know, I think there's there's lots of reasons. There's lots of reasons for that. It's, it's great you're bringing this up because if I'm at a certain level and there's like millions and millions of people out there, do I want all of these supercomputers to, to be completely free? In, in my mind, it's like almost that's going to create chaos, right? So instead, it's like, how do I get everyone to follow direction so I can set up the system and they just follow the system and it runs and then only a small percentage of those people actually live incredible lives. And the rest are just basically slaves, robots, zombies, whatever it is to that system. That's why Morpheus said, we've turned them into this a battery 
for the system. It's just feeding their unconscious energy. That's that whole movie was about that. All the people in the pods were just unconscious feeding the system. This is why Neo represented the neocortex. And every beginning of every movie, he always opens his eyes like, wake up, Neo, wake up, neocortex, wake up, higher thinking, right? It's always a call to action. He's questioning something. And then he aligns with Trinity, which is like the heart. So when your thinking starts to align with your heart, like in that gut feeling, and then you find truth, which was Morpheus, and then the Oracle was the intuition, all these different things, then you start to take aligned action with consciousness, yeah, and that's that's an elaborate breakdown of the um, the movie, uh, The Matrix, and that's something that I definitely want to go through now that I have a better understanding of psychology. Um, and actually, one of one of the concepts that I'm most fascinated about in life, and we're just going to geek out about it right now. And you've mentioned it already, is evolutionary psychology yeah. and how, like you said, we're cavemen and we're just kind of in a modern world, but we we literally are running with the biology that we were evolving with and. Now we're making decisions based on different inputs and creating different outputs, but it all comes back to the same hardwiring and mechanisms. And, and that's good in the sense that, you know, it's, it's fit for our survival and it's something that has gotten us this far, but it's bad in that it has its limitations. And here it ties back to limitless, right? It has its limitations because we have these core needs and drives in ways that we can be persuaded almost without our knowledge. And that's something that you've really you've really dove into the the books and the education to understand that on a deep, deep level. And that's kind of something I want to actually touch on. So when it comes to our decision-making and the needs and the drives that were just kind of hardwired into us, um, and we've talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and stuff like that, but how does all of this come together in kind of acknowledging what limitless is by understanding how we're limited? And these are some of the things that limit us. Could you kind of touch on some of these? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's such a crazy feedback loop when, when, when you start to understand the psychology and the biology and like why we do what we do, well, you start to understand yourself better, which then means you can persuade other people better because you can click their triggers in their mind for action and motivation. And then that feedback loop comes back to you. And it's just this not never ending process of understanding yourself. This is what I believe marketing and copywriting is, is one of the best self-development practices in the world because you just have to understand human beings at the deepest level, which makes you understand yourself. So in the evolutionary psychology, let's just reverse back to like, you know, David McClellan's like three brains, which is just understanding that we evolved this amygdala, you know, before we were even human beings as we were evolving. And this is our brain that helps us survive in the, in the physical environment. It helps us find food. It helps us avoid danger, helps us not jump off the cliff. It's like this brain that's constantly like uh, getting data feedback of the physical world and keeping us in survival. We are wired to want to survive. And this is why we're also twice as likely to avoid pain than move towards pleasure. And this is a big issue in the modern world because now the riskiest thing to do is usually the opposite of what it used to be. Right. So now people are totally counter uh, counter wired, like the counterintuitive way is uh, or to succeed is doing the opposite. Right. So uh, this is a big issue. So let's say something like um, let's say something like building a business. It's like, well, if you go build a business and let's say you fail, well, you have safety nets everywhere to like go, go and then figure out how to like file bankruptcy and then come back stronger or whatever. Right. It's not like you're going to die because of it. But our brain says don't go on that stage. Don't, don't go public speak. If you do that, you might get banished from the tribe. If you get banished from the tribe, you'll be out alone in the woods and you're going to die. 
You know, like these are literally like that feeling that we get is that deep of fear. This is why people will say like, I'm uh, the biggest fear is public speaking. If you think about that, just in and of itself, all of our biological uh, feelings are still the same, but we can then supersede that with our consciousness and we can use our neocortex to see what that is and reframe that feeling to excitement because we know it's a bullshit feeling. It's a ghost story. It's not real. So you can then reframe that feeling and get excited to go on the stage to change lives. And now over and over again, you anchor that feeling to something different. Now you're excited to get on the stage, but it's the same feeling. It's just anchored differently. Anyways, that's one side of it. Then we have our mammalian brain, which was what we developed after, which was our tribal brain. This is what allows us to create complex emotions. Like we have thousands of emotions. Most people will think like happiness, sadness, fear, whatever. But there's like hundreds of nuances of all of those emotions. And that's why movies are so powerful because they are so good. A really good movie is good at clicking on all these nuances of emotions. So by the end of the movie, you just experience like such a cocktail of emotions. That's why it feels so good to watch a movie or a Netflix series or whatever. So they're hitting mainly a lot of these movies. They'll hit on all the brands, but like something like Game of Thrones is constantly hitting on the mammalian brain, that tribal feeling, the gossip, the what's happening with this person, the all of the like sexual issues and relationships and uh, what did this person do and the greed and the it's hitting on so many things that we are just sitting there literally putting ourselves back in that time that we evolved in for so many thousands of years. That's why it feels so aligned. That's why it feels so right when we're watching these shows because we're actually in them. And then the next one is this neocortex, which is our higher thinking brain. We're like the only animals uh, that can like visualize 20 years into the future and kind of reverse engineer that process and create that reality. Like Steve Jobs saw an iPhone and created it. You know, this is like unbelievable what we can do with our imagination. And this neocortex wants to achieve things. It wants to see a vision and then pull that into the present. It wants to problem solve. It wants to go higher level. But this is where we go into the Maslow's hierarchy. Maslow's hierarchy, anyone who's uh, listening and can't see me putting up my hands in a pyramid shape, uh, it starts off at the bottom with safety and survival. And then we go to love and connection. And then we go to uh, self-esteem. Then we go to self-actualization. And then when Maslow was dying, he was saying there's another level, transcendence, like going beyond just self. And this is so powerful because you start to realize that safety survival level, that need needs to be filled before you go to the next level, which means that reptilian brain is in fear. So if you don't have food, water, shelter, all these things, you're not thinking about going to the bookstore to increase your knowledge. You're thinking about fulfilling your need for food and water. This is why I can be in the desert and let's say I'm stranded and I have a million dollars in my pocket, which I don't know how I would do, but I have a million dollars in my pocket. <laughs> And someone drives past me and is like, hey, I got water and I got a ride. If you give me the million, I'll get you out of here. I'm giving that million in a second because my need for survival and water is way more than paper. It doesn't mean anything to me in that situation. So when we understand this, this is where persuasion comes in. When we, when we understand this, we realize we're always trying to fulfill a certain level of need. And unless that need is fulfilled, we don't go on to the next level. So then the next level would be like, okay, I have my safety and survival needs met. I have food. I have shelter. I'm lonely. I need some friends. I need some people around me. I need a girlfriend. Like, I don't like this feeling of despair and loneliness. So then we start getting around our tribe, our people. It feels good. It's great. 
And then we realize, wow, I feel like at a low level in this tribe, like I need some self-esteem. So we start to build ourselves up and we want higher status is when people start buying Rolex watches and Michael Jordan shoes and whatever. Like everyone's trying to compete to like reach a higher level of social status. And Jordan Peterson talks about the, the lobster. We literally have mechanisms in our brain that regulate our serotonin and dopamine levels based off of our level of social status. So if you're feeling really low around your friends or people are always putting you down, it literally lowers the chemicals in your body and you feel more depression. So unless unless those needs start to get met, we don't really go to the next levels of like the self-actualization, which is what you're doing on this podcast. This is a lot about self-actualization, about reading the top level books, reading the top level wisdom, like really going to create an extraordinary life, not just a life of mediocrity that's just about safety, survival, and having friends. It's about how do I achieve something incredible in this world? How do I take this vision that I've been like writing on paper or putting down and turn it into reality? Like so damn powerful. But even if you're at that level, you still can drop down to the lower levels. And it's really about influence and persuasion is about decoding and always know where somebody's at so you can enter into the conversation going inside their head. So you can enter into the conversation going on inside their heart. So you can enter into the conversation going on inside their gut and mind read them to a level where they say, wow, this person knows me exactly how I'm feeling. They must know the solution. And when you can explain someone's problem or situation better than they can, they unconsciously believe you have the answer. Awesome. Yeah, no, I've, I've actually talked about the hierarchy of needs a number of times on the podcast, but I really appreciate you breaking it down because it's, it's so important to hear a bunch of different angles on it. And especially since it's such a universal truth, it's just, mm. it is so fundamental to understand it from the ground up. And even as you're kind of walking us through it, you know, talking about the reptilian brain to the mammalian brain to the neocortex, you know, that literally is just stepping your way up within the hierarchy of needs. So that is just such a powerful concept to bring those two kind of metaphors together. And then, and then I have to give you credit for something too, and something I've told you, but I want to acknowledge you again, is uh, kind of your, how you say that if you're able to enter the conversation in someone else's head, then, I mean, that's kind of like the gold mine in terms of copywriting and communicating. And I think that's why you're so effective at what you do is because you have that ability to articulate and kind of really design your message and what you're trying to share to be received by that person receiving. So that I, I would have to say is your zone of genius and being able to articulate that and share with other people, whatever the concept is. So, so kudos to you. Um, but I, I, I want to actually, I want to come back to a different point. And it's something that um, maybe now that you've kind of really put your experience on display, it's something I do want to touch on, because I think it's really important to understand about you and your message, which is kind of this discovery of limitless and kind of going back to who you were when you were 23 and then your near-death experience and how all of that kind of changed you and encouraged you to think more of yourself and to, to really pursue the dreams in your heart and to kind of ask yourself different questions. Would you mind kind of reflecting on who you were and how you discovered Limitless uh, through those different experiences? Yeah, so man, when I look back at my, my life and my former, former self, there were so many things that happened. But I, I just remember even in elementary school, sitting there and daydreaming and just like wishing to be playing sports or playing in the sandbox or like whatever it was that was like more creative and like doing, I felt like we had to be doing something. And I felt like this education that we were getting, there was something to me when I was looking around my classroom, just, it, I felt the sheepishness, but I didn't know again, like I didn't know how to articulate what I felt, but I was always questioning things and not just questioning it in terms of within the system. I was questioning the system. 
hmm. but I had no backup for anything. So what does that make? What does that make you feel like when you have no no one validating anything you're thinking at an age like that? Well, you kind of start thinking maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. You know, maybe I'm just nuts. Maybe I'm just the black sheep. Whatever. But there's always something also inside where you've just felt it, and this goes back to the Matrix where uh, Morpheus is like. You know, you felt this in your, your entire life, like a splinter in your mind driving you mad. But then we need that truth to come around to articulate it in a way that makes us wake up to what it actually was. It's like validates that. Like, oh, my God. Okay. It's like this epiphany awakening moment that just shifts everything. And I've had many of those. Uh, but it took me a long time to really get to that, get to that place. I didn't read my first personal development book. Till I was 25, I'm 33 now. And when I think about that, like how much time I missed, and then people like now are like blown away with some of the things I talk about. And I'm like, whoa, where would I have been if I was learning this stuff from a young age? Like, but I, I also feel like that's part of the superpower is going through all those times. So I had a, the one time where I was out with my friends and we were just getting super drunk. We were walking down these train tracks out at the lake. We'd see this cliff, it's about 40 feet. We climbed to the top sitting on the edge, drinking some more beers. And my friends are like, okay, let's go. They're walking around. And I'm like, I'm going to climb down these cliffs. <laughs> and then I start climbing and my foot slips on this wet spot. And I literally flip upside down and I'm going down into the rocks. And I just felt the feeling of like, okay, I'm dead. It's over. I'm done. Just felt that. And out of nowhere, I got caught. What happened? What, what's, what the hell? My shoulder's dislocated. I'm upside down. I'm looking up. My, my friend, his eyes are looking in horror at me. And then I look on both sides and there's a tree branch on one side, a tree branch on the other coming out of the cliff. And then I look around the cliff and there was no other branches anywhere. It's just one spot. Mm. So I slowly climbed down and I started asking like very serious questions at that point because I'd been like selling drugs, doing drugs, not really doing anything for like eight an eight year span besides playing sports. But I got kept getting injuries in sports, so I really turned to this like dark way of living. And I asked my these questions. I'm like, what would my parents have said at my funeral? Wow, he had so much potential, and he just wasted it. Like, how much pain did I put them through? I was like, what am I doing? And I'm like, did I, am I doing anything of purpose? Would I matter? Did I have any passion in my life? Like what is going on? Or I'm just following like a zombie. Am I just falling into peer pressure? Am I just like going through the motions and hedonistic adaptation? Like what's going on here? But I still at that point hadn't read books, but that was my first moment. Then I met my first mentor and I started working out with him. He had actually just gotten out of jail. And this guy, amazing dude, we gotten out of jail because he went through the same path, you know, the same kind of things. And he started teaching me how to train. He's a big jack guy. And we're in, I'm in his backyard. We're hitting sledgehammers and flipping tires and all. He saw something in me that I didn't necessarily see myself. But he also saw a version of himself before that he wanted to help me avoid to become like who he became. Right. Or me go to jail or whatever. So there's something within that when you've gone through it and you've like reached the other side where you really feel this need to help others. So I went through that with him and then I started getting opportunities because I started getting in really good shape. Everyone started asking me, how are you doing it? And I started to see the cause and effect relationship of like, if you do something this way enough times consistently, you start getting results. And I started to see that could happen in other areas of life. And then I started getting opportunities like network marketing. 
and I would get into like a business model. I had no idea what I was doing. And I would start like trying to recruit people and do all this stuff. I was like so lost. But then someone handed me this hard drive of like Brian Tracy books, Tony Robbins books, all these people. And I started becoming obsessed and I started listening to this stuff every day, four or five hours a day for a couple of years. It was insane. Like I became obsessed everything. If I was working out, if I was driving, if I was walking, if I was whatever it was, I would have these millionaires in my ear reprogramming my brain. Mm -hmm. And then I started to see, oh my God, okay. Almost everything that I've been told on like the average level and the, the is like, is wrong. Almost everything that society is doing on a regular basis, like it's, it's wrong. And then you started to see there's like this 1%, 0.1% of people who just live differently and seek this knowledge and are curious and want to develop themselves and want to ha hack their own minds and want to create value in the world. And I started seeing this and it was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like we have just been limited. Yeah. We can be whatever we want in all areas of life. And people see my life now where I'm living out in Bali with this like insane villa with my team here and have like incredible friends around me. And I'm, there's just like a whole different type of life. And just too many people out there who think this is like luck or you know, random or whatever. But this is 100% design because I saw a video eight years ago called Create Your Perfect Day by Brian Swan. And I stayed up till 6 a.m. writing out six pages of exactly what I wanted my life to look like from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. And I designed exactly that life. And it's like your mind is like Google, but for goals, the longer the search term, the more specific the result. Mm -hmm. So if you really type in exactly what you want from all angles, and it's not just from, I want to make 10 grand a month. Okay. Well, you might make 10 grand a month. Great. You got that goal, but you're doing something you don't want. You know? So what if you aligned all of it, like a movie in your mind, how much easier is it going to be to become that heat seeking missile towards becoming exactly that version of self you want to be? Wow. Well, first off, thank you so much for reflecting on that traumatic story. And I mean, that second chance, like you've totally made the most of it is just inspiring to hear and especially inspiring to hear some of the details. Bonus time, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for dipping into the, the portfolio there. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just, it's awesome that you also mentioned kind of how this process was iterative and it was slow. It's not like you were an overnight success is actually something mm. I shared about uh, recently on the podcast, this idea of an overnight success. It's all about the small micro decisions and the progress that happens on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden people notice and you seem like an overnight success. And for you, it took you from this second chance to your kind of discovery with fitness and that input creates output and then business opportunities and next steps and education, you know, like it didn't happen overnight, which is just so refreshing to hear because everyone else is kind of going through their own journey, trying to understand why they haven't made it yet. And it's, it's because it takes time, you know, and, there's an element of patience to it. Yeah, I'm I'm fighting this, man. I want to just break this off for a second because this is what I respect about your podcast. It's self-improvement podcast, right? And there's a lot of marketers who will say, don't sell improvement. You got to sell the new opportunity. You got to sell the magic pill. You got to sell. Yeah, there's truth to that, but it's all bullshit. That's the problem. And this is what like I can't stand with like the marketing industry. It's like people do like live webinars, but they're actually pre-recorded, you know? And the, everyone's like pulling this like, these like the blinds over people's eyes of what's really happening to try to make a buck. And that's just like what I fight against. And I know you fight against that too. And that's what I respect about how you're actually like letting people know this is a journey, but the best part about that is, and if people could get this, they'll change their perspective. 
which is if you watch any of the greatest movies of all time, which are all based off of loss and redemption, right? Somebody has a vision, something bad happened to them. They go after it. They start the hero's journey. They lose. They make mistakes. They go and hit rock bottom, and then they rise back to the top, and then they either win the championship or don't. But they like really put all the effort in. And then at the end, almost always, there's some moment where you just realize, wait, it was never about the championship ever. It was always about who they became in the process. Now they don't even care about the trophy anymore <laughs> because the real prize was who they became. Yeah. And I mean, it's all about enjoying the journey, not the destination. You know, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of that too. And I mean, that's just like, if you go back to Tony Robbins, happiness is progress. You know, when you find fulfillment in the progress you make, not the destination at the end. So I, I think, I agree. I think that's such an important highlight um, and just a really important point to emphasize because a lot of people lose sight of that sometimes. And kind of the concept you're touching on too was just like the optics, you know, talking about the criticism you have in the marketing community, like the optics of, oh, this live webinar, which is pre-recorded, like everyone's trying to put their best front out there. And we're all comparing ourselves to this social media highlight reel, you know, and it's like, that's not reality. It's not realistic. And it's such an important reminder that just because you see someone else's tip of the iceberg or overnight success doesn't mean that they didn't struggle or kind of fake their way to it to some extent. So, I mean, I... I think I have a lot of respect for you and your kind of ability to articulate your process through this and how it took you time and not even give yourself credit for the progress that you made. You know, again, kind of relying on mentors and education that you're just repurposing and sharing in a really coherent way. So that, I mean, that's just a testament to you also. No, I appreciate that, man. Awesome. Now let's get into the final topic and probably the most important topic when it comes to Limitless, which is implementation. And now that we've talked about your discovery of Limitless, we know how it affects us. We got to do something about it. And that's what implementation is. And this is about thinking bigger than our default caveman brain and kind of the mode of operation, the programming, if you will, that we've been talking about and really leveraging our brains as supercomputers that we know them to be. So within this Limitless process, you talk a lot about fast feedback loops and the speed of implementation. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about the importance of that within the limitless process? Absolutely. So let's just break it, break down these three things and then like hammer it home with this. So it's like the number one thing is to like start to learn how to take control of your own mind, to upgrade your brain. You know, we upgrade our iPhones, but we, how often do we upgrade our brains and our software, right? It's not very often for most people. So if we start to upgrade our brains, and we, you know, start to grab the owner's manual and the evolutionary psychology, like the, how it actually works. And we decode, it just gives us a lot of power internally. And then we learn number two, which is like, we start to influence our world because we start to understand the psychology of ourselves, And then we start to understand the psychology of others. And we start to get people motivated to do things and take action and buy products and services. And this gives us kind of external power, which is beautiful. But these two things, when we just like think about them, don't have power without action, you know, without moving into action. And all the successful people that I've met, every single one have something in common that's not just about having like the best psychology or being the most persuasive. Those things are extremely important, but they're massive implementers. Speed of implementation. They see a topic, they read a book, they read a chapter, and they take action on it. The amount of people that I meet who are like, yeah, I've read that book before. I'm like, but you don't do anything from the book. So it was useless. If, if somebody's not implementing, nothing's happening with it. So I would rather take one book and study that one book 
and implement that over and over again, all the things for a year, like a think and grow rich or whatever, then I would read a hundred books and do nothing. Cause that's just going to like store a bunch of knowledge up in your attic and it's going to get moldy and, you know, do nothing. That's kind of how I look at knowledge that you put in your brain and do nothing with it. It's like putting it in your attic and just storing it there. It's like, it just gets moldy. So I learned this concept from Wyatt Woodsmall. It was one of the best at NLP. Uh, Eben Pagan calls him his intellectual father. He's a freaking genius, a genius guy. And he talked about the hierarchy of information. He says, you know, we're, we're all surrounded by data. Data is, ju- is the just is of the world. The universe is going to keep working how it wants to, regardless of what we do. It's just, it just is. Then we have information. Information is something that informs us of how to get a certain goal. So if I have a goal where I'm like, I want to set up this chair, well, I'm going to open up this little owner's manual. It's going to inform me how to like set up this chair, but I have to know my goal to know what information to even look for. Then have knowledge. And this is organized information. This is when you put together a body of information into like a book or a course or a process to help somebody not only just reach a smaller goal, but also develop themselves and fully have a deeper layer. And that's where we get to understanding. This That, that word comes from something being underneath something, understand, right? It holds it up. Knowledge by itself without understanding is also not very valuable. So understanding comes from going out and experiencing the knowledge and getting feedback so you can start to get an understanding of it. And then we get to the highest level, which is why I can create some of the programs that I can create now and why I can get so many results for people. And it's called wisdom. And wisdom comes from multiple perspectives of understanding. And this is why, because I've traveled to like over 40 countries and I've gone all over the world and I've seen so many cultures and I've met so many people in different areas, whether it's neuroscience or spirituality or business, marketing, copy, I have such a multi-perspective approach. And when you have more perspectives, it's like you are in the chess match and you're always so many steps ahead because you can see it from so many different angles where maybe someone else just sees tunnel vision, one thing. And this is a lot of what happens when someone just lives in one country or one small town their whole life. They hate all these other cultures because they watch on the news that they're evil or that they're terrorists or that because they have one perspective. So the more perspectives that you have of understanding, the more you gain wisdom, but wisdom can only come through the actual application of knowledge from multiple perspectives, gaining understanding, reflecting on it, optimizing with it, and eventually you become the supercomputer. It's not just instant, but eventually you become that, and it's the most fulfilling experience in the world, but you have to be a massive speed of implementing. You know, something I love about, well, first of all, amazing response. But something I love about the podcast is that there's so much cohesion between the different guests that I bring on and the fundamentals that work. So for example, there's this guy named Case Kenny that I brought on uh, recently. And his whole credo is about taking basically targeted risks so that you can experience to broaden perspective. And here you are talking about understanding leads to experience. And then within having more experience, you have to bring in multiple perspectives to drive that wisdom that you're talking about, Mm. which then kind of feeds back to the top, you know, so there is a cohesion here that is just Mm. so fascinating that it really isn't that complicated. 
But again, when you talk about that wisdom and seeking out multiple perspectives, that's where the action piece comes in because you have to be intentional about seeking out the multiple perspectives yes. and it's not going to happen on its own. Ooh. So I, I love, I love that point. Man, um, and and you know I, I just so, love how, you know, it's so cool about what you said there yeah. too. It's like when you have those multiple perspectives, this is when you can start entering into those conversations in people's heads because you have empathy and compassion. And as a marketer, that's your superpower, having empathy. It's like people think business is all about just being cutthroat. There's levels of just business practices that are like that, where it's like, yeah, you want the results. So you don't just like uh, hire employees that are not going to get, it's not just about being nice. I get that. But in terms of your customers and in terms of uh, wanting to build an amazing business around them, you want to give them as most, as much value as possible. You want to show them that you understand them as deep as possible. You want to keep provi providing value as much. You always want to keep from as many angles as possible, make them feel like the only person in the world to your company, right? And this is mm -hmm. only going to come from empathy. And the more perspectives you have and the more wisdom you have, the more powerful you are. I think wisdom is power, right? It's mm. not just knowledge is power. Wisdom is power because you can feel and experience everyone around you. This also benefits all of your relationships, Every one of your relationships gets better. Yeah. The friendships that you have, the relationships with your family, the relationships with your lover, all of it will get better from having these levels of understanding. And you're more valuable to all of them. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it back to people because that's why marketing works is because you're selling to people. So then that same concept of mm -hmm. effective marketing just also applies with effective relationship building because at the end of the day, people have those same hierarchy of needs. They... They appreciate when you can empathize with them and enter the conversation in their head and truly understand them. I think I mean, I, the reason that, I mean, I think the reason you're such a good marketer is because you're such a good understanding of people. Mm. And this, this is just a, a cycle that drives itself. And that's because you've been intentional about taking action to learn about people. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the decode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, this has been an awesome conversation and I'm going to challenge you one more time. So if you could summarize the highlight from the conversation today in 30 seconds to a minute. So I'm going to put you on the clock, but mm. if you could just summarize kind of a highlight of what we've talked about, something that really needs to ring true, what would you share? I'm just going to, I'm just going to give motivation to it where it's like, we just don't have enough time on this planet and to spend that time unconscious and following like a just energy for the system is the biggest waste of your time. And being able to find that core version of yourself, peeling back layer after layer after layer, becoming the most valuable version of yourself, discovering your strengths, gifts, talents, so you can give as much to this world as possible before you're gone. And asking yourself, like, what can I do now? Like, what am I not saying to the, uh, the people in my life? What am I not exposing about myself? What am I not letting people know? Like, we don't know if we're gone tomorrow. So it's like asking these deeper layer questions so you can actually live from a place of power, like a deep level why. And we hear about that all the time, but truly live from that place where it's like my core is coming from the out, from the inside out instead of living from the outside in and just like allowing that to resonate and become a, like magnetic to those around you and you become valuable to those around you and become valuable to the world. And I think it's just amazing if you really see it from this perspective. That is unbelievable. Gavin Dantes, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today. I'm excited to see everything that you have in the works and can't wait to support moving forward. I appreciate you. You too, brother. Thank you so much. 
Whew, we did it. That was a lot to process, but there is so much value packed into it. Let's pick apart some of the highlights. We heard about how Gavin discovered Limitless, born out of a near-death experience and a shift in the way he saw purpose in his life. That prompted him to start asking different questions, both about himself and the world. And he found that we're programmed to think and act in a certain way. He then learned how to tap into the brain, letting it work at its full unlimited capacity. He developed a process that creates fast implementation of learnings to accelerate the acquisition of knowledge. And as you can tell, Gavin's energy and passion exudes in his marketing and his desire to learn. In fact, Gavin has made it his mission to help others become limitless. He has a program that dives into the process and teaches you ways to use more of your brain. I'm not sure what the full price is, but he is generously offering listeners of this podcast 50% off for two weeks after this went live, which was February 23rd. More information about this is linked in the description of this episode or can be found at www.limitlessmasterclass.com. You can get that discount by using the promo code SID. Another interview down and many, many more to go. I have some awesome guests lined up and I cannot wait for you to hear them. But that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time on Self-Improvement Daily.